this dude named 42 tribes. He was the dude that was in my last video. He was crying about reparations, crying about Brittany Griner and all this, all this weird stuff. Right. So he decided to make a response video to me. I guess going into more detail about what he was saying. Hey, look, that's cool. One thing I don't really like, I don't really like arguing with people in the comments because, you know, one thing about the comment section or the chat box is that it can make people seem more intelligent than what they actually are. Meaning you can type something up and you can come across sounding like you're some, some scholar or something like that. But it's another thing when you actually hear people speak, whether they hop up on your live panel or they do like response videos, then you can like really gauge the intelligence of a person when you actually hear them put words together. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I know some people be thinking I should do more open panels, live panels, but thing is i don't i don't feel like arguing with you clowns <laughs> but uh anyways i want to i want to play this response from uh 42 tribes let me see if i can pull it up let's say he's not disrespectful with it but you know this is this is a friendly youtube banter but you know at the same time you know, we got to just call it what it is or some of these people, man. Give me a second. Hold on. All right. So this is 42 Tribes video. Fair use, nigga. Fair use. So we're going <clears throat> we to listen to it. We'll see if he got a point. Or any of that crap, you know what I mean? Let me, uh, let me hit this button. Hold on. Let me know if y'all can hear this. So, earlier today, I was listening to Eli, who I listened to before. I used to listen to more. Not so much now. And, and uh, the reaction to my comment showed why I don't listen to him as much now. Because he's kind of gone in the direction of, well, I'll just get to it. We can discern what, what right? They were talking, originally talking about Brittany Reiner. My take on, on Brittany Reiner is that this doesn't really make sense. Because Unless it's it's a political thing, like if they're holding her as a political tool, because the war started three days after she was initially arrested. And one thing I keep hearing from conservatives, and and I and even hear it from black conservatives, is that if you do the crime, you should do the time, and don't go to other people's country. And and that's kind of the the, the nonsense I was getting from. Out. And the reason why I call it nonsense is 
you could be anywhere in the world, and if somebody, including your own backyard, you could be in your country, you could be anywhere. If somebody wants to take uh, exception or or wants to tweak, misinterpret, violate the spirit of a law, and overcharge you on some bullshit, they can do it. <laughs> He's right. These are what appear to be trumped up charges. <clears throat> He's also right. Brittany Griner is a political prisoner of sorts. He's right about that. But what I think this dude fails to comprehend is, and this is what I repeatedly stated like a thousand times in my last Brittany Griner video, is that Russia is not America. They are a sovereign country their own rules, laws, cultures, borders, currency. They're not, a, they're not the property of the United States. They don't fall up under the United States. They don't have to abide by how Americans feel about things. Like, I don't understand what's so complicated about this. I really don't. And I've seen so many videos, not, you know, too, I've seen Lil Boosie crying about Kamala Harris not getting, doing whatever she got to do to get Britney Griner out. I've seen all these videos. But everybody just seems to ignore the fact that that's Russia. That, that is a totally different country. That is not America. And this is why I keep telling you so many black people in America honestly believe that the world is just one big United States of America. And so they, they run around here and they have their American rose-colored glasses on trying to push their American worldview upon everybody else. And they just totally fail to realize that every, everywhere else is not America. So yeah, something may seem like some BS here in America, but other countries, they might not see it as BS, or even if they do see it as BS, they might not care. And what are you going to do to stop it other than cry on Twitter, cry on Instagram videos and YouTube videos? You understand? Like, I, what, what is so complicated to understand about this? When you go into a foreign country, you might want to be uh, cognizant. You might want to pay attention to the laws and the rules over there as it relates to certain activities you may want to engage in. Because like I've told you guys before, you as an American, you can go into a foreign country and you can break a law intentionally or unintentionally and, it'd be, and it will be something that we consider minor, which I do think Brittany Griner's charges are minor. Like, I, I wouldn't recommend her being locked up here in America. But people seem to, uh, people just seem to not comprehend this fact that you go to a, a hostile country, a foreign country, but especially if this country is a hostile country towards America, you're going to be prosecuted because you're an American. Like, you can break, you, you can get accused of spitting gum out on the sidewalk. Right. And, and if and in Russia, that might get you, I don't know, a weekend in jail. I, I don't know. I'm just making this up. Right. But the moment 
they add they, they they're going to add the factor onto that you're an American, and now they're going to trump the charges up just off of you being an American, you being from a hostile nation to their country. Like I don't understand what people don't get about this concept. This is this is this is really not. This doesn't require you to go to college and get higher levels of degrees to understand. This really just requires you to. Well, first and foremost, get a passport and leave the country and go see some things with your own eyes. But just apply common sense, man. She is in jail facing nine years because she is an American. She is a citizen of America's sworn enemy. <laughs> like what people what, what people don't understand about this? And what and what, what are you gonna do to get to stop it? You're gonna go to war over Brittany Griner? You know what I'm saying? Like, you think the country's going to go to war with this chick? Like, this is this is insane the, how people can't put, how, how people can't connect dots. Now, you can reduce it to say she shouldn't have marijuana at all. But I'm hearing disingenuous shit from people when they, because a lot of them don't really have a problem with marijuana being legal. They wouldn't have a problem with marijuana being legal in Russia. So they don't personally think the 0.7 or so grams that she had is a big deal. But then if you're saying it's Russian law, well, in no place should you justify someone misinterpreting the law. And this is why I say it's misinterpreted. Here here it is. This is the stupid crap. In no place should you justify somebody misinterpreting the law. Once again, this dude, 42 Tribes, that's the name of his channel. That's the guy that was arguing with me in my last Britney Griner video. This dude is looking at this through his American rose-colored glasses. He is imposing his American worldview onto a totally different country. A country that, first and foremost, doesn't even like America. At least the leaders don't. But he's trying to impose American values and standards onto a sovereign nation. It has its own standards and worldview. And one of their standards and worldview is, as far as the political leaders are concerned, is they don't like Americans. So if you come over here to our country, it doesn't matter how petty the charge may be, just the mere fact that you are an American in our country, breaking our petty little laws or breaking our laws that you consider petty, we're going to treat this like, like you committed a capital offense just because you're an American. He, this dude doesn't seem to understand this, man. For less than a gram for what she had, that's like a, a week in jail, minor fine. Now, uh, if you're somebody who thinks marijuana should be legal, that's too much. That's crazy. Why are you putting people in jail? Okay. Well, the reason why she's facing nine years after the, the spin and the misinterpretation and the violation of the spirit is they're also charging her with smuggling. Now, the reason why you have harsh smuggling laws, and I have to explain this to, like, American conservatives are dumb, and then you have, like, ideologues, and I warned about this back in 2000. So he says American conservatives are dumb. <laughs> is, is ideologues become like radical cultists. 
and it and I'll get to how this ties into reparations. So he calls us dumb, and he says they're charging her with smuggling and and ideologues, and she didn't smuggle. Because I've heard people say she didn't smuggle anything. Let's go to the definition of smuggling, y'all. Smuggling, the illegal movement of goods into or out of a country. <laughs> That's literally the definition of smuggling right here, y'all. Uh-oh, let me highlight it. Let me make it bigger so y'all can see. Can y'all see it? <clears throat> smuggling. This is the definition from the Oxford Dic- Dictionary. The illegal movement of goods into or out of a country. That is the literal definition of smuggling. So Russia charged her with smuggling, but she only had less than a gram and it was in a vape pen. Well, according to this definition, she was transporting a good into a country that was deemed illegal by that country. Like there it is right there. Like technically she was smuggling, but still, She's being charged because she's an American who just happened to be breaking laws in Russia. That's that's the reason. So, smuggling, right? Back to smuggling. The reason why you would have harsh smuggling laws is because people could bring in some stuff that could be laced and it could get somebody sick. It could kill somebody. Well, that doesn't apply to Brittany Griner's weed. I mean, it was prescription, so she didn't even get it from, like, some random D-boy or whatever. So, once again, he is saying she had a prescription. A prescription issued to her by, we're assuming, an American doctor. Since, since when, when do prescriptions... I didn't... Listen, help me understand this. Are prescriptions, like... Like things that you could just take across the border, M- meaning if, if a doctor writes a prescription for you to get some type of pill here in America, but you go to another country and that pill or substance is deemed illegal, does your American prescription supersede the laws of the foreign country? Like what, what doesn't this dude understand about this crap? It was a prescription. Yeah, written by an American doctor that she took to a foreign country that deems that substance illegal. <laughs> so, in spirit of the smuggling law, you would probably be lenient. And if you were a law, a uh, country where you could potentially punish someone harshly for up to 10 years, you wouldn't want to do close to 10 years for someone who's bringing something in that was provided by medical professionals that isn't going to kill anybody. Plus, she had such a small amount, it's not like she's trying to get people addicted. So, Do you hear this guy? This dude is literally trying to put together this word salad of BS to try to, to, try to get Russian, to try to, to try to make it seem like Russia should be listening to or abiding by American cultures and standards, as if Russia is in its own completely sovereign, independent nation. This is literally what this guy is doing. He's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to overlay Russia with American 
values and standards and beliefs and all that crap. He doesn't seem to comprehend Russia is a totally separate country. It's not going to do anything to Russian citizens. So there's no point in it being this harsh. I think they were always planning to possibly use her as a political tool when they upped it to smuggling. I mean, when she was originally arrested, they have harsh laws as far as, in my opinion, marijuana goes, period. To put somebody in jail for 15 minutes for smoking weed to me is a waste of a jail and, and time. But, you know, I kind of agree to an extent. You go to somebody else's country, you'd be mindful of that. But she wasn't smuggling. She didn't have this. It wasn't stored in her vagina. It was in her, her luggage. Smuggling. The illegal movement of goods into or out of a country. That's the definition of smuggling. <clears throat> you don't have to have drugs hidden in, in one of your cavities. You don't have to swallow a balloon or a condom filled with some type of substance trying to sneak it into. No, you can just put it in your luggage. You can just have it in your pocket. That's the literal definition, y'all. The illegal movement of goods into or out of a country. She had vape pens in her luggage. Whether she did it intentionally or not, technically, she was smuggling. She was bringing a product into a country that deemed that product illegal. Like, you know, like, what, like, that's what she did. Now, you can argue the amount, but once again, when you start arguing the amount and the justification for the punishment, you're looking at this for strictly from the American worldview. And then you're also failing to realize they are trumping her charges up and holding her accountable because she is an American. She is a citizen from a country that Russia doesn't take too kind to. Like, how, how is... Like, she wasn't trying to hide it. You call her an airhead. But don't say you think she should get nine years for violating the law. To me, that's childish because it's more to that. This law is being... Shout out um, politicized. <laughs> That's the best way. It's not necessarily misinterpreted. It's it's being abused and politicized by failed state tactics coming from a nation that is becoming a failed state, if it isn't already. You're right. It is being used and abused. Says, why is this dude whining as if this is the U.S. and they're supposed to uphold U.S. laws? How delusional can he be? This is that nigga wake-up call. He's whining because this is the popular sentiment to do. This is very popular amongst black people who, who literally do not have any worldly experiences beyond their ability to just log on to social media and look at stuff. Meaning these, these are niggas that don't have stamps on their passports. These are niggas that don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. And, and, and also he's a liberal. He's going to admit in this video that he's a liberal. So this is this this is this crap. When you actually go outside the country, <clears throat> and I'm not just talking about going down to the Caribbean on a cruise ship, but you go to other countries, or hell, you can even apply this to a cruise ship when you go to other countries. You're gonna learn quick and fast that your American identity either gets you access to a bunch of goodies and over treat uh, and, and a special treatment. 
Hence the reason why travel bros love to go overseas and talk about how submissive women are. But they told, but they totally fail to tell you that they're submissive because these women want to get with you because you're an American. They think you're rich and they want to come back to America because if these women were so great, the men of those countries would be the ones who would marry them. And then you're going to realize that your American status can also get you treated like get you looked at with a bunch of envy and hate. And, and people despise you because of it, because they think you're all that. Oh, 42 tribes is in here. Why am I a liberal? You, you, you admitted in your own video. I listened to your whole video. You said you were a liberal. <laughs> I, in this video, we're playing 42 tribes. You stated you are a liberal. I listened to this like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> so, so I'm not lying. You, you're actually going to say this in your video, that you're a liberal. <clears throat> Castration competitions with the people you're at war with, you failed on some level or to some degree. So Russia's fucked up in the game. Now, how this ties into reparations is you got these, and, and Guy Lowry, God bless him. And my name is not Guy. You kept saying Guy Lowry. A Guy, all right, let's, let, me, let me tell you what a Guy is, in case you guys don't know what a Guy is. <laughs> a Guy uniform. These are geese. The little karate outfits. These are called geese. My name is G, not G. <laughs> you kept saying Gee Larry. <laughs> it's G. You know, the extra dollar, and it's easy to sample for Republicans. I don't know why, but the white people need to. All right, hold on. Let me ride this back. Or to some degree. So Russia's fucked up in the game. Now, how this ties into reparations? Is you got these, and, and Guy Lowry, God bless him, he, he you know, he, the extra dollar, and it's easy to sambo for Republicans. I don't know why, but the white people need to have their ego coached or whatever. So, if I'm set, the volume is low. Oh, all right, let me. My computer, I don't know why. Oh, let me, anyways. So, if, if I'm samboing for Republicans, Aren't you samboing for liberals and Democrats? Like, how come when people say that, they never take that same line of thinking and apply it to their own political ideologies? They'll always say, oh, black conservatives, we coon out for the Republican Party. Well, aren't you cooning out for the liberals? Like, this same argument can be applied to you. And the simple, mindless slogan slogan seemed to fit certain blacks, right? So... There is a market to Sambo for Republicans. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck all you Sambos. I'm a liberal. And I'm not Samboing for Democrats. So hold on, hold on. They're, they're branding me a little. All right. You heard it. You heard it. Well, where, where'd he go? Where'd you, you say it? But why am I a liberal? Well, I just heard you say it right here. You came in here, but why am I a liberal? What do you mean? You know what? Fuck all you Sambos. I'm a liberal, and I'm not Samboing for Democrats. So now they're they're branding me. I don't care. Bring the heat. I don't care. I'm I'm taking a little break from my job. This is entertainment. So now, what what simple-minded shit do you get from Black Republicans? America's great. I bet she's missing America right now. 
I bet she's going to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> well, that's actually true. Did you know she wrote Joe Biden a letter? She recently wrote Joe Biden a letter talking about basically how great America is. She started talking about how her father or her grandfather was such a patriot for this country. She actually wrote the president a letter a couple weeks ago expressing those exact sentiments about how great the country is and how she misses it and how she don't want to spend the rest of her life locked up in a Russian gulag, how my granddad was a, he fought one of these wars and he was such a patriot and, and we always cry. She actually said this. She actually said this. How can you say America is great when it hasn't done reparations yet? Mic drop. Uh oh, he hit me with a mic drop, y'all. How, 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 his response is How can you say America is great when it hasn't done reparations yet? Uh oh, he, he said that was a mic drop moment. Uh oh. All right, well, I'm going to tell you how it's a mic. I'm going to tell you how America is great, nigga. You literally are sitting up on your phone recording a goddamn video, uploading that shit to the internet in response to me. That's how great it is, nigga. You actually have a piece of technology in the palm of your hands that gives you access to the entire world. The white man isn't preventing you from, from getting access to the internet. They're not preventing you from getting access to a, to a piece of technology to allow you to get access to the internet. You're doing all this crap and you're going to tell me, and then later on, you're going to mention in this story about how you were struggling and now you ain't struggling no more. That, that's how great America is, nigga, for people like you, where you actually have options and opportunities to go out there and really do some shit with your life and get it on and popping in an upper trajectory. That's how great America is, nigga. That's how, that's how great it has become. You understand? You ain't living in 1922. When your great grandmammy and grandpappy were alive and they was dealing with real struggle because he going to go into this whole lecture about uh, uh, slavery and Jim Crow laws and and all this other stuff and just totally ignore the current existence he lives in right now. This is this is one of the problems that I have with these pro blacks. Right. There's nothing wrong with talking about history and understanding where people came from. But they always ignore the reality of where you currently are and what you have access to right now. They always do this, right? They always do this. I went to Tuskegee University in Tuskegee, Alabama from 1998 to 2002. Started by Booker T. Washington, a former slave. The year before I went to that school, do you know they actually had slave cabins that were still on campus? I think they tore them down the year before I went. Outside of the main gate, when you would go out the main gate, hang a left, go down to the next traffic light, right across the street from this uh, ex, it was it the Chevron gas station? They got what is called the master's plantation, the master, not the plant, the master's house, which is turned into the uh, the president's home. It's just it's just a big master's house. Now imagine if I went to Skiggy which I did. But imagine if I went to Skiggy and I was just like, I just, I just walked around campus every day. Man, Tuskegee used to be a plantation back in the day, man. They had my ancestors out here picking cotton and, and doing all this crap and, and, and this, that, and the third. 
imagine if, if that was my total existence when I went to school and then just ignored the reality of my current life in 1998 and the opportunities that were present present to me that weren't available to those who came before me before Booker T. Washington went about the process of getting a uh, Tuskegee turned into a, a, a basically a college town, right? That, that's how y'all, y'all, y'all do. I probably would have failed and dropped out of college because I would have been so stuck on looking at that damn master's house and thinking about all the atrocities that were committed in and around Macon County, uh, uh, out there in, uh, between Montgomery, Auburn and Tuskegee, just thinking about all the people who have been strung up on tree. I, you know, I would have never been able to accomplish shit. Instead of looking at, okay, I recognize the ancestors went through this crap. Or hell, even my grandparents went through this crap. But I'm not personally going through it. I'm not, per- I'm, nigga, I'm in college on a full scholarship at a HBCU where I majored in aerospace engineering, right? I have to recognize where am I, where am I currently at? What is currently available to me? And how can I use that to elevate my life, to set myself up for the future, instead of me just sitting around here daydreaming and fantasizing about a life that I literally wasn't even born into? I can learn lessons from the past, but I can't sit here and pretend like I am living in the past. That's my problem with these pro-blacks. They want to pretend like they are living in the past. They want to pretend like they were the actual slaves. They want to pretend like they were the ones who got ran up out of these sundown towns and and all that other crazy shit that happened back in the day. They want to pretend like they were them people. No, you weren't. 42 tribes, you said you're in your 40s around my age, which means you were born late 70s, early 80s, somewhere in that time frame. You weren't them people. (laughs) You never saw a colored only water fountain growing up. You never drank out of one. You've seen one in the history books or in a museum, but you never actually put your lips on a colored only water fountain. (laughs) You were not them people. You can learn from them and respect them, but you are not them. So, this is where E. Lowry's take on reparations becomes ignorant and circular. Like, he needs to take a dumb stance to build up other things, and really, it just falls apart from the initial stance. And then he, turns, he keeps reminding, well, I'm in favor of reparations. I agree that it should be done. But then it's every argument against it. So I make that statement. That's the only reason why I changed the subject to reparations. Y'all talking about America so great. I don't think you can be great and run a racial caste system at the same time. So then people are like, well, those are the racial caste system. I know the racial wealth gap is atrocious. It's atrocious. But... What are you doing to close the racial wealth gap, man? In your own your life, uh, other than you sitting around here hoping and praying that white daddy government cuts his reparations check, what are you doing right now? Everybody talks about the racial wealth gap, whites making all this money. I mean, look, it's understandable. They were free the for the most part. <laughs> they were free the entire time to go out there and do whatever the hell they want to do. We all understand how the racial wealth gap came to be, right? But once again, you're not living in 1922. 
what are you doing right now? This is this is where this is where I, I I separate from these niggas. What are you doing right now with all this access to information and technology to close the to, to close the wealth gap, or are you just sitting around hoping and praying that a reparation check falls out the sky? And then even if a racial, even if a reparations check did fall out the sky, you really think that's gonna put a dent in the racial wealth gap? Like you really believe that niggas is gonna take this money and all of a sudden become smarter with the money <laughs> and go out there and do sound proper investments to where not only can you close the racial wealth gap, but you can keep it closed for the next couple generations. You're gonna educate your kids on how to properly spend, save, and invest. Like, do you really think that's gonna happen? It'll happen for a few people like me, Sub Zero, and some of y'all in the chat. But for the majority of people, that's not gonna happen. It's gonna turn into that damn Dave Chappelle skit to where you'll be back at ground zero because you're going to turn around and give all the money back to white folks, right? Or the greater society. But regardless of all that, what are you doing in the now to where until society decides, I right, let's, let's go ahead and cut these checks. What are you doing to uh, close the racial wealth gap from your personal perspective? You know what I'm saying? That That's my issue with you. Some of you clowns out there. Y'all, y'all, y'all want to, Y'all want to go out there. Y'all y'all love to focus on the, the greater issues that you can't directly control. But you can directly control your personal finances and the decisions you make so you can move your bank account up a little bit higher so you can begin the process of closing the racial wealth gap until they magically cut these checks. I think what makes it atrocious, really, it's not just like I could say $120 trillion for whites, $6 trillion for blacks, per capita data, blah, blah, blah. That's not the good That really makes it bad. It's what it leads to. Because what it leads to is there being six good black neighborhoods in the entire country. But I could pretty easily name six black neighborhoods that were ran off, flooded, burnt, the ground, bombed, poisoned, frauded in, in intimate domain. So you take that, and there's a lot more than six, you take that, you combine it with the um, economic apartheid of Jim Crow and, and neo-slavery, which was a lot harsher than actual slavery. And, and then slavery, and I'm bringing up uh, Kramer, I'm forgetting his name, but I'm remembering it now, Thomas Kramer, and, and now this is a quadrillion dollar tax when you add everything up and put a little interest on it. This nigga said a quadrillion dollar tax, y'all. <laughs> they just be pulling numbers out of out of thin air. We don't went from a trillion to quadrillion, y'all. So now this is where you have to build an argument that's faulty. For now, all of a sudden, I have to be somebody 
who is waiting on reparations, waiting on for somebody to do something for him. And then even before he said that, the argument was, well, you got to convince white people. What do you say to white people who say they didn't own slaves? I tell them it's a dumb argument because I didn't spoil the reservoirs, but we still use taxes. It is a dumb argument. It is a dumb argument. I mean, what I'm saying is, when you listen to these reparation arguments from Yvette, Tone Talks, Tariq, Jason Black, whoever, some random people on Twitter, they always frame this argument in the context of white people shut up, is black people talking, right? And then they talk to black people, we need to get reparations. Well, who runs the government? It's like 99% white people. It's like 300 how many it's like three how many it's like 200 i don't know 200 million white folks in this country or something like that right i think for every one black person it's like five or six white people in this entire country you really think you're going to take a population let's say it's like 40 million black people you subtract the africans and caribbeans when you talk about ados fba we're probably down to about what 20 million fba ados black people in this country or something like that, maybe 25 on the high end, you really think you're going to have 25, 20 to 25 million black folks. You're going to, that's all the, that's all the numbers you need to go out there to persuade an entire country of non-blacks and Asia and, and Caribbeans and Africans and everybody else that, you know, you, you don't have to talk to them people. You don't have to convince them of anything, Right. You don't have to elect politicians, lawmakers, because, you know, he's talking about, well, I didn't have nothing to do with the reservoirs. I didn't have nothing to do with the other groups who got reparations and the illegals. You may not have had nothing to do with them directly, but indirectly you did, because whoever you voted for, you voted for a certain person of a certain belief, and they went to Washington or they went to your local state, and they represent your beliefs or whatever the case may be, or, you know, certain aspects of your beliefs. And they decided to go out there and support these other things. Like they, they, they don't, what I'm saying is that politicians don't just go out there and just do stuff just to do stuff. Right. They do stuff because they're trying to please certain people, please certain groups that put money in their pockets. Right. And whether or not you directly or indirectly support these people in terms of paying reparations to a bunch of illegal aliens, like Joe Biden was trying to give $450,000 to the, to the illegals down there or some bullshit. You may not directly support it, but being that you elected this guy or whoever is on Team Joe Biden's team, you are indirectly supporting this crap. So getting back to the whole reparations piece, you just can't take 40 million black folks or 20, 25 million black folks and just act like you're going to ignore all these other white folks who have a say in a political process, who that reparations, if it ever passes, is going to is going to get funded out of their, their uh, taxpayer uh, their taxes as well. Like they're gonna have a say in this crap too. You can't just act like they don't exist. And yes, when you have a bunch of white folks talking about, well, I didn't own slaves and you weren't a slave, and then you're like, well, that's a dumb argument. And well, I don't know if, how dumb that argument actually is. If for the last forty years or so, they haven't even did a reparation study. Like they're still talking about doing studies on reparations. And they haven't even officially launched a study. So how dumb is it 
for a white person to say, you didn't own slaves. I wasn't a slave owner. How do you think that argument is stupid if for the past 40 years, these same white folks have been using that argument <clears throat> and you as the black person, you ain't even got a damn study out of the deal. So obviously it's not stupid because if it was so stupid when they say it, well, we would, we would be past the study phase right now. We will be at the phase of, all right, we've done the study. Now let's go around and figure out who actually descended from a slave and set up processes to identify these people. We ain't even got that. We ain't even got past the study part. You're still pandering the politicians to where trying to get them to actually entertain a reparations. So it's not stupid because it hasn't moved the needle for you. You're still in the same spot of trying to convince everybody you need reparations while they're out here saying, I wasn't a slave owner. You weren't a slave. Why should you get it? Whose message is winning in this? Is it yours or theirs? Seems like their message is winning. My bad, y'all. You know I'm biracial. When I had these conversations, I got to call the white man to the front of my brain. That's the white man talking. And in relation to that, I could go on and on because we're the reparations capital of the world. I didn't mess with who's Becky. I didn't mess with, with um, I didn't harm people at the border. I wouldn't do that. I didn't do any of this stuff. Hardly. I'm trying to think. Like, what have I contributed that <laughs> caused America to come out of pocket? I can't think of anything. But in addition to that, he shows his ignorance because he brings up Street Machine and the 20 trillion, and that would wreck the economy. I'm like, no, it wouldn't. And about last I looked before COVID, I think it was like three point nine trillion a year. Look at the economy right now, dude. Is the listen, we're in a we're literally in a recession. By every metric, we are officially in a recession. Printing money has gotten us to where we currently are. And you're talking about just three point nine trillion or whatever the damn number is you said. That is currently led to where we currently are right now with inflation. Have you seen the, how many of you guys have been to a, a fast food joint recently and you go to McDonald's. Matter of fact, I went to um, about two weeks ago, I took my boys to uh, checkers. We went to get a haircut and then we went by and grabbed some checker hamburgers. Me and my two boys, do you know, I spent $30 on like three number ones. That, that's insane. You understand? You go to McDonald's, you go to anywhere, look at the price of food. Look at the price of gas. Now, gas is coming down in my city. But look at the price of gas. This is all due to people printing money and just flooding the, flooding the, the economy with money. And you think, well, if we, we, we do $20 trillion, like that's not going to have an impact on things? Like, are you, are you serious? You can see it right now. patient with people being ignorant. Is because this is something that was new. Modern monetary theory about where we get this money that the government prints. 
how much do you have to print before the actual money on the ground causes inflation? Well, that's it's that's all it's down to. At the local level, taxes, taxes. At the federal level, we just print that shit. And yes, if we print a ridiculous amount, if we print a hundred trillion dollars and threw it everywhere in a in a day, it would devalue the dollar. But twenty It says if black folks are entitled to reparations, so are the descendants of Union Civil War soldiers. The cost of a life has value. I don't know if I agree with that. I hear what you're trying to say. I don't think I agree with that. Reparations, as far as black folks is concerned, is is basically being monetarily rewarded for free labor, forced free labor. Right? So I don't I get what you're saying about their descendants losing their lives fighting a civil war, but I don't I'm not gonna co-sign that. And also it extends beyond just slavery, it goes into Jim Crow. With uh, you know, separate but all, all the crap that happened during uh, Jim Crow that led up to the Civil Rights Movement. So it wasn't just a slavery thing. You ain't gonna believe this one. I saw Tom Cruise selling bean pies on Crenshaw yesterday. I looked it up. The Nation of Islam and Scientology just might merge. So Tom Cruise out there selling beans. You'd have to send me a picture or, or an article or something. I'm pretty sure that would be on TMZ somewhere. Appreciate the $10, though. <clears throat> we just print that shit. And yes, if we print a ridiculous amount, if we print $100 trillion and threw it everywhere in a, in a day, it would devalue the dollar. But twenty trillion. Uh, what? To the. What is it? You you just said it would devalue the dollar, but you're still trying to put up arguments for hype. We print a ridiculous amount. If we print a hundred trillion dollars and threw it everywhere in a in a day, it would devalue the dollar. But twenty trillion to. The descendants of slavery, economic apartheid, them cities I named, and all those human rights violations, the quadrillion dollar tax, 20 trillion in a day. I don't think that devalues a dollar. Are white people in Montana going to start selling their cars for ridiculous prices because? Black people went from being a bottom caste to even with them. Because that's where the trillion dollars is about. That's what it's about. We can't do a quadrillion. We can't do a hundred trillion. I mean, you could probably do a hundred trillion in like 200 years. Before. All right. Well, I'm, I'm a little confused. What makes you think that cutting that check is going to make you, eat, quote unquote, even with them? Is a person that wins a $10 million lottery, are they even with, I don't know, a LeBron James or something like that? Especially if the person who won the lottery, within the next three to five years, they're going to lose all that money? Like, 
Well, I mean, I mean, you see this with lottery winners. Lottery winners, they hit the lottery, they come into a lot of money. And I don't, I can't remember what the study is, but they say the overwhelming majority of them end up spending going broke within like five years of winning all that money. So are you going to sit here and tell me that lottery winners are on par with people who have worked their way up to acquire millions of dollars and be financially stable? And so you're talking about, we're going to drop a reparations check on black folks to the tune of a few trillion dollars or whatever number you're talking about. And that's just going to make them automatically even with black folks. And you're just totally dismissing the the uh, the lack of financial literacy amongst so many black folks. And yes, <laughs> there is a, a strong lack of financial literacy because you can see the educational illiteracy rates amongst black folks. Where you got, I mean, I just don't listen. I I get the the uh, listen. You sound like a dude that lives in the theory in, in the theoretical world, and I sound like a dude that I try to exist in the practical application world, right? Because you're gonna say something later on in this video that actually confirms my belief about this. But you sound like one of these dudes that lives in the theoretical world. Well, if we give. All the, we cut reparations now and give all these checks. That's going to close the racial wealth gap and we'll be even. And just totally ignore, well, what's actually going to happen when niggas wake up and they got money, all that money in their bank account? What's actually going to happen? Very few Negroes are going to be able to maintain and sustain that money and turn it into generational wealth and use it for the, for you know, j- just for generational wealth purposes. Uh, most of that money is going right back into the hands of the white folks. <clears throat> So I don't know if that actually makes you even. But you can do 20 things, and you can do it fairly quickly. Now, I think it should be stretched out, and it, I think it should be stretched out to the point where you could run a surplus while you're doing it. So it's, it's, not, it's not a thing at all, from my perspective. Now, if Tariq Nasheed is, is like pushing for, let's do 20 trillion, bam, right now, it, it, you know, I think economists need to discuss the impacts of that in certain locations, but it's not going to be major like, like G. Lowry is talking about. So then, because you're built, building off a faulty argument, he has to shift to this black girl in Texas. I don't know her name. Little young, young lady. No, we're going to put some respect on her name. Oh. An idea of, of making better lemonade by using her grandma's old recipe that had flax seeds and she added some honey to it. And this went to being like the bomb shit that black people always create. But because you have this huge wealth gap, she was bought out. Now it made her a millionaire. I would have sold the lemonade too. I'm like, you want to buy my lemonade recipe for how much? Eight mil? Oh, hell. I, I would have done it. Now if I was making it, that's different. But from what I understand is she, you know, she was, she was a uh, lemonade maker in very small time, like outside on the street distributor. She's not going to go from that to controlling an industry. So good story. Great story. All right. Hold, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Why, why did I mention this little girl? Why did I mention this little girl? I didn't mention this little. Okay, so he's talking about this girl in the right here. 
Michaela, Michaela, I'm not sure how you say her in the first name, Omar from Texas. Dark-skinned black girl from Texas. When she was 11 years old, well, she started this when she was like four, but when she was 11, she uh, sold her, she put together this lemonade concoction where she put honey in, she found her great-grandmother's recipe of flaxseed lemonade. The little girl decided to put some honey in the lemonade, went outside of her house, and literally set up a lemonade stand, started selling lemonade in the literal sense. Anyways, it became so damn good. She was, I think she, oh damn, she was featured on Shark, Shark Tank. Anyways, whatever. It became so damn good. She won a, she, she got a distribution deal or something like that with Whole Foods worth $11 million at 11 years old. She became a millionaire at 11 years old. This girl's probably like 17 years old today, right? And that's that's the name of her her lemonade company, right? Me's the bees or something like that. I don't know, but anyway, or be sweet. That's what it is. Be sweet. And so why did I mean why? Okay, here she. I think this is her today. So this might be a more updated picture. This is her today. But why did I mention this little girl, this young lady? Right. I mentioned her because as, as I didn't mention her for the fact that. I stated she's going to grow up, create an industry that dominates the lemonade business. She's going to put Pepsi out of business, Kool-Aid out of business. Anybody that makes lemonades, Country Time Lemonade or whatever, anybody that makes I didn't, I didn't say that. That wasn't my intention. That wasn't my point of bringing her up. My point of bringing her up was this girl took a simple idea at the age of 11 let me put some honey in some lemonade and became a millionaire off of this. Meanwhile, we have grown black men and women, like 42 tribes who's in the chat, grown black men who would rather sit around and try to in, 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 in conjure up every excuse or justification in the world as to why black folks should get reparations and what that would mean if black people were to get reparations and how that would just change everything, right? But you can't come up with a product or service that you can work on right now. And I'm not saying that you're not, but I'm just talking in general. You can't come up with a product or service as simple as putting honey and lemonade and figuring out how to transform that into a business so you can begin the process of closing the so-called racial wealth gap. Because here's the thing. She ain't going to change the world with all black folks. She got her $11 million, probably worth more than that. But let's just say it's about $15 million right now. Because I'm pretty sure she still owns ownership in the company. This girl is in a position. She probably ain't even 20 years. She's probably about 17 years old. This young black girl is in a position to literally change people's lives right now. At the ripe old age of 17. Well, she could take that money. She could send niggas to college on full scholarships. She could probably hire people and pay them livable wages or above livable wages and all kind of crap. She is in a financial position to change people's lives. And she ain't even 20 years old yet. She is in a financial position to put people on an upper trajectory to earning six figures and beyond if she wanted to. And she started this at the age of 11 by putting honey and lemonade. Meanwhile, you're in your 40s, and I don't know what you do professionally. It ain't none of my business. It seems like you're more invested on 
are more concerned about when the white man's gonna cut checks. And yeah, I said I'm not opposed to reparations. My thing is, I'm not just I'm not gonna be sitting around here waiting on the check to come. It seems like you are more. It's you 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 give me the vibes that you're more concerned about the when the check is gonna be cut instead of you going out there and recognizing what year you live in in America, right? You live in the year 2022 in the United States of America. Access to broadband internet, smartphones, all the information in the world. There are laws on the books today that prevent white people from from effing you over. Unlike back in the day when our ancestors were coming up, grandparents and all them were coming up. You got access to all this crap, my nigga. But you can go out there and start a small business and work your way up and build that thing up to where you're making a thousand a month, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, whatever the whatever the number is you aiming for. But it seems like you would rather just wait on the magical twenty trillion dollar reparations check instead of recognizing you can look at look at where you are today. How can you use where you are today to your advantage? It's kind of like when I was at Tuskegee University, when Booker T. Washington was building up that school, they had that they had that, they actually go read his book Up from Slavery. They actually had to produce their own bricks to build their own buildings. And have you ever produced a brick in your life? I ain't never made a damn brick. I didn't go to Tuskegee and have to make any damn bricks. The bricks and the buildings were already built. I just had to go there and, and, and go to class and halfway pay attention when I wasn't trying to highlight girls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all I had to do. I didn't have to go through the struggles Booker T. Washington went through and everybody else who were the first students of Tuskegee University all the struggles they went through to try to get their education. I didn't have to do that. They did that, so I didn't have to do that. Hove went through that, so I didn't have to go through that. Remember Jay-Z said that? Hove did that, so you didn't have to go through that. You, it seems like you're not recognizing where you currently are, where you currently exist in society, what time frame you exist in. You're acting like your life is dependent upon a reparations check. Instead of recognizing, I live in the year 2022. Information is just free flowing. All of, I live in a, I live in America in the year 2022. Let's put it that way. Information is free flowing all over the place. What can I do to put some more money in my pocket and increase my upward mobility? Instead of me having to solely hope and pray, I get a reparations check in the, in the coming months and years. I don't get that vibe. Maybe you are doing stuff, but you that, that's how you come across. That's how a lot of y'all come across. And I, I gave her as an example. She took a simple concept, honey and lemonade, and became a millionaire at 11 years old. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't go to college to learn quantum computing <laughs> or, or she didn't invent time travel. Why don't you invent the better blah 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 and you can have reparation? No, like no, 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 no. First, and I, the only reason why I brought this up is because it defeats the stereotype. I I want to be clear about this. I have struggled in my life. Uh oh. And I have overcome. I'm not proud and ragged. Let's talk about struggling. Because this was, this was a point you made in my last video 
where you said something about I know you served in the military, and then I went on my whole little lecture about how I didn't, I never struggled. Let's talk about struggling, man. Now, I'm not going to fault you if you struggled as a kid because, you know, you were under the care of your parents or whoever raised you, right? And whatever decisions they made. But when you turned about, let's just say 18, right? This is where I cut you niggas off and I stopped feeling sorry for you. You say you're about my age. All right. And you say you struggle. And then also you admit in this video that you're on the hotep train. Like you actually say this, you're you're a, you're a hotepian. <laughs> Let's just keep it a buck, dude. Here's why you here's why you probably struggle as an adult. And of course you're going to sit here and tell me I'm full of crap in the comments. You probably broke one of the four tenets that, that G-Dizzle and Sub-Zero have put out. And I'm about to repeat them again. If you are a grown person, especially a grown black person, and you fail to do these four things, you're probably going to experience some struggle. What's step one? Step one, all you got to do is graduate high school, know how to read, write, and do math at a functioning level. That's it. That's all you have to do. It's the first step. Step two, do not become a baby mama or a baby daddy. Step three, do not consciously make decisions that'll put you in jail. And step four, go out there and learn a skill that people will pay you for. Here's the thing, dude. I can almost 100% guarantee if we pulled up the Carfax report on your life, since you've been at least 18, 17, 18 years old, I can almost 100% guarantee the reason you have struggled is because you broke one of those, those laws, one of those tenants right there. If we pulled up the Carfax report on your life, I can almost 100% guarantee you violated one of those four things because that is always the case. Every single time. I ain't met one black person that is a legal adult that has experienced some struggle and they haven't broke one of those damn tenants. Let's see what he says. I struggled as an adult. Where you at? But I don't need sympathy or praise for overcoming. Okay. I failed step two and three for a few months. What's step two and three? He became a baby daddy, y'all. And he became, uh, he, he did it. He went out there and did some stuff to put himself in jail. I don't know this dude, right? How was I able to accurately predict this, y'all? Now, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm telling you, he just admitted to it. I've never, I've never met 42 tribes. I've never interacted with him prior to that, my other video. How is it I was able to sit here and accurately predict he broke one of the four cardinal rules, which is produced, which was led to him struggling? It's because this is what happens with everybody, especially those in the black community. 
This is why they struggle. This is why they turn into pro-blacks. Every pro-black that I've ever encountered for the most part, most of them become pro-blacks because they broke one of the four tenets and experienced some type of struggle. And now they want to lean towards blaming the white man in some capacity. Or they want to focus on, well, we need reparations, we need this, we need that. Your man here became a baby daddy. And he became, uh, uh, he got a criminal record. This, this is how, this is how he, he came to his line of thinking. I, I don't know this dude, never interacted with him. But how was I able to figure this out? It's because this is what happens all the time. This, 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 this is what happens. When you break those four rules, you're going to experience struggle in America. And oftentimes as a black person, that struggle you experience is going to push you towards a woe is me philosophy in most instances. To where you would rather be more invested in trying to convince white people or get white people to pay reparations instead of you investing in yourself. I'm not saying that he's not, but you investing in yourself to try to, what can you do to get your life on the pocket? But see, when G. Dizzle was coming up, G. Dizzle didn't make those mistakes. G. Dizzle had enough examples in his own family to realize maybe I should graduate high school because I got a lot of people in my family that dropped out of high school. My uncles, I talk about my uncles all the time. My mother, she has four brothers and one sister. My mother and my aunt are the only ones to graduate high school. Everybody, my uncle, one of my uncles got his GED when he was in prison. But I saw that. So I was like, let me graduate high school. At least do that. Let me at least do the bare minimum to get the hell up out of high school. And my bare minimum turned out to be pretty damn great because I want a full scholarship to go to college, but whatever. Step two, I never became a baby daddy. Why? Because I saw what it did to my uncles. They were all baby daddies, except for one. And then I had an older cousin. She passed away like 12 years ago, but she was six months older than me. She became a baby mama when she was like 14 or 15. And I seen what happened with her and the struggle she endured. So even though I was out there slipping and sliding, it was always in the back of my mind, do not get a chick pregnant that I don't want to be with for a long time. And I never did. I got one woman pregnant. That's the woman I've been married to for 16 years. I never got a woman pregnant before that. I never went to jail. Why? Because I had a whole bunch of family members that were in and out of prison. And I was told as a kid, don't be like them. They were selling drugs. They were robbing. They were doing all kinds of stupid crap. Just in and out of prison. I didn't want to do that. And then I learned a skill. I went to tech. After I left college, graduated college, went to the military, I went. Uh, I learned IT. Because I knew that was going to pay money. And I've been doing that for 20 damn years. In conjunction with my time served in the military. And so now I run into cats in their 40s that were in high school when I was in high school or you know around the same age as me. Like my man, 42 trials, because 42 trials, he ain't the first person I met like this. I got a homeboy I told y'all about. Well, I, we we known each other since like the fourth grade. We were coming up back in the 90s as little kids or whatever in elementary school, about to transition to high school. 
His parents had more money than my parents. When the Jordans dropped, he always had the J's. The new video games came out. He he always had the new video game. We, he was his spot was the hangout spot because his parents had money. A lot his parents had more money than a lot of us around that time. My parents could afford all that. His parents could. So I would get clown. We would get into fights and you know do whatever, whatever stuff normal kids do. Nothing traumatic. Anyways, fast forward to the future. We both go to college. He goes to a different school. I go to Skiggy. He ends up he ends up pledging Kappa. So he's in the same fraternity as Kevin Samuels and my bro, and my uh, my younger brother. But anyway, that's that's irrelevant. But when we're in college, he decides he wants to become a drug dealer and start moving them things and gets caught, gets arrested, does a little time, has some probation, yada yada yada. Now between high school. And probably about the age of 28, I ain't even seen this dude. One day, I'm in Augusta, Georgia. I'm in the military at this time. And I'm, I'm going to this suit store looking for a suit jacket. And I go into the store, and the dude that greets me is my friend that I ain't seen since we were probably like 16 years old. Looks identical. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, what are you doing here? Just, just on a random whim, we ran into each other in the store. And he was working there. And I'm in the military at this time. So we link back up, catching up. Oh, our lives are completely different, y'all. It's like night and day. I own a house. I'm like 27, 28 at this time. How old was I? Let me see. This is back in. That was about 29, 30. I, own my first, I already had my first house bought. Two cars already paid for. Money in the bank. Yada, yada, yada. He living in this struggle, rinky-dink apartment. I'm talking about struggle apartment. And so we get to catching up. That's when he tells me what happened when he was in college. How he got arrested for trying to be a drug dealer or whatever the case may be. And then years, anyways, fast forward years later, I see we're still friends on Facebook, but he comes on Facebook. He's uh he, he's on this this uh this what was me pro-black shit every now and then. He'll get up there, he'll talk about the struggles of this, the struggles of that. But he don't be telling niggas about how he used to be, how he got arrested for selling drugs. He ain't going to go into the backstory about how when he was coming up, he grew up in a two-parent household where his parents had money and were buying him everything that he, him and his brother ever wanted. And they were, they were, like, they were like neighborhood superstars for kids back then because they had all the fresh shit. He ain't going to tell you all that. He ain't going to tell you how he blew it, how he messed that all up when he went to college which led to him struggling in his uh, throughout the majority of his 20s and part of his 30s. He ain't going to tell you that story. He's just going to get up on there and cry about white folks in the system. But I know the story because I've known this nigga since we were like nine years old. You know what I'm saying? I know the deal. But he ain't going to say that. But this is the same story all the time, man, with these people, man. That's why your man's 42 tribes. Look, you can overcome struggle. I'm not saying that you got to be stuck there. There's a lot of people that overcome struggle. You just got to get focused with it. But my problem is when people don't be honest about how they came to be. You set the wheels in motion for this crap. Like Brittany Griner. No matter how you think the law should work in Russia and blah, blah, blah. She set the wheels in motion. Whether she realized she was doing it or not. 
Same way with these pro-blacks and these, these woe is me's. Like 42 tribes. You became a baby daddy when you shouldn't have became a baby daddy. You got a criminal record when you probably should have avoided getting a criminal record. You set the, the wheels in motion for the struggle you experience. And it sounds like you, and according to you, it sounds like you may have overcame it, but you set all this up. And I'm glad you overcame it if you did, but you set all this up, which led to your current belief and thinking as to why it seems like you put more emphasis on a reparations check than emphasis on, let me start a business. Let me get my skills all the way up so I can maximize my income and my earning potential. Look, I'm not opposed to reparations. I'm just not sitting around here waiting for them because I don't know when it's, I might, me, my kids or my great, my grandkids may never see reparations. It might be another 150 years goes by. You know what I'm saying? In 150 years, I could potentially do something to change the financial direction of my entire family, you know, within my lifetime and then pass it off to my kids and they carry the torch if I, you know, and all that stuff. That That's a realistic possibility versus me trying to say, man, we need $20 trillion right now. How do we get, how, how did I become, how did I get to this way of thinking and you got to your way of thinking and we're around the same age? How did, how, how do we, how did we diverge? How, how did this happen? This started years ago. This started you are currently in your thinking and I'm currently in my thinking because this started literally years ago when you and I were faced with the same decisions. You chose to do the things to be put just to make yourself a baby daddy and a criminal or whatever. And I didn't. I chose the other path. Which led to a life of little struggle compared to your life of more struggle. This is how this started. This is how this always starts with a lot of you that are around my age and whatever. This is how we got here. This is why you call me a Sambo and a coon and I call you a woe is me. This is why you say the people in my chat, because you say all this in your video. This is why you say the people in my chat are part of some cult. When I said no, they just applied common sense to their life. This is how we got here. This started a long time ago before Yvette Carnell and Tariq and them decided to make YouTube channels talking about reparations. You set the wheels in motion to this woe was me thinking years ago when you decided to become a baby daddy and do whatever you did to get arrested, which caused doors and opportunities to be closed in your life for X amount of time. This is when this started. You didn't grow up in 1922 where there were laws on the books saying that you couldn't do something because you were black. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can't do You didn't grow up in that time frame. 
you grew up as the freest black person in the world in the freest country in the world and you chose to go out there and do stupid things that would hinder you and cause financial strife and struggle for X amount of time. You did that. The white man didn't do any of that. That's how you came to be where you are. And while you're sitting around here trying to act like you are your ancestors. Now, this doesn't negate that. Yeah, I got once again, I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah, I think reparations should be paid. I'm in support. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and invest more time and energy into trying to convince people to pay reparations when I could put that same time and energy into starting a business or becoming the best I can be to put more money in my pocket somehow, some way. That's where we separate. And this started, like I said, years ago. When you broke one of the four tenets. Consciously did it. This is how this all starts. This is how this, this victim, this is how this, how this, this, how, this how you become a woe is me, ladies and gentlemen. This is how it starts. How much I've overcome and how much I make, but I am, I won't say I'm comfortable, but it would take me losing my job in a year to burn through my savings. And that's not including the savings. Hold up. Old and braggadocious about how much I've overcome and how much I make, but I am, I won't say I'm comfortable. But it would take me losing my job in a year to burn through my savings. I will say I am comfortable. And it would take me more than a year of burning through my money to lose to 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 run through all my savings. It would take me a few years to run through what I got stashed. Why? It's because I made certain decisions. I actually tried to see my life 10 years down the road, especially after the birth of my first son. I really started making certain decisions. This all goes back to what we did when we was young, man. Now, I'm not, look, you can change. That's great. But I'm just saying, this is how I honestly believe you come to this line of what was me thinking. Because your past dumb decisions that you hopefully overcame, but this is what got you here. And that's not including the savings account that I have for my son. So it's not so much that I'm comfortable, it's that I have overcome to the point where I have I have more buffer from poverty than I've had in the past. I've been poverty. Like I've been beat down looking up poverty. I fought through it. So why is Yvette Carnell a reparations advocate? She didn't go to jail 10 years ago or have kids. This isn't my path. You're making it too personal when it's not. I don't know what Yvette Carnell has done. I don't know who she was before YouTube. I really don't know. 
but she's making it her her mission in life is because you know look I, once again I, I don't know how many times I keep saying it I'm not opposed to reparations somebody has to go out there and speak on it, it ain't gonna be me she decided to dedicate her life towards her mission her profession her expertise towards educating people about reparations and I'm not against it I'm not against the education and awareness of it I'm not all I'm saying is I'm not going me from my personal level and from what I think everybody else should be doing. I'm not going to be sitting around here waiting for Yvette Carnell, Tone and Tariq and everybody else to put together, to put together a solid case to convince these politicians to cut reparations checks. I'm not going to be doing it. I'm not going to be sitting around here trying to conjure up every argument I can in favor of reparations. I'm going to be sitting here trying to conjure up every argument I can to try to convince you all to go into tech, learn IT, so I can grow my business and you can enter it. That like that's where my level at level my my expertise lies and resides. Somebody has to do it, but I'm not. So I'm glad she's doing it. She's dedicated her professional life and name to that. Cool. But is that going to get you reparations in the next two years? 10 years, 20 years, 50, 100. Like, I don't know how long this is going to take. But until then, I need to go out here and do what I got to do to try to close the racial wealth gap, to set my kids up for success. Yada, yada, yada. I don't know how long it's going to take for that. Someone who is just going to sit there and wait for reparations. No, I'm going to engineer reparations. Not Same plan. Personal thing, but so we can destroy the caste system so the next little black girl that comes up with a bomb-ass idea like that doesn't have to sell. She can own the industry. She can own it top to bottom. And she might have partial ownership. I hope she does. But here's the thing. This is where the argument really becomes circular because he has his his fans and, he, and that attracts a lot of white people who want to hear Sam Bowen. And I even started to say to start like why does it gotta be why does it gotta be Sam Bowick and Sam Bowen? I mean that same stuff you say to me could be directly applied to you because you're of the liberal mindset. Where do you learn your liberal talking points from? I learn it from other black liberals. Where do they learn their stuff from? Like, where does everybody get their talking points and political philosophies from? Especially black folks. Where do you get it from? We all get it from the same damn sources. Well, how come it's Sam Boeck, as you say, or Sam Boeing, and it's not when you are doing the complete opposite of what you believe I'm doing? It's because you're a liberal. You're not supposed to be a Republican or conservative. When I say that somebody is being led against their own interests, and if you say you're in favor of reparations, but you got all of these anti-reparations arguments, sound like you're being led against your own interests. No, no, I don't. Let, oh my goodness, no, I'm not putting up all these arguments. 
Dude, you 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 really don't get what I'm trying to say. Maybe it's my fault. I'm not conveying the message clear enough. Maybe that's the problem. I'm not opposed to reparations. I am opposed to niggas who are sitting around here waiting on reparations. And you ain't doing nothing else. You put all your hopes and dreams on reparations. I'm not saying you personally, but there's a lot of black folks that they sitting around here just, you know, swinging on, swinging under the tree, waiting on that reparations check to show up any day. And ain't doing nothing else. It's like, I'm opposed to that. And then they'll hit you with, man, I can't do nothing to country racist. Meanwhile, they, 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 they YouTube is booming. Their Instagram followers is booming. I don't want to hear this crap, man. I do not want to hear this crap. What black liberals sound like me? Dude, you sound like this. Oh, God. I ain't even going to get into that aspect. And your mods seem like cultish black conservatives. I don't run a cult. Me because I've said I'm a liberal, but the difference for me is I don't sample for Democrats. You can look at my videos. I don't like the, the, the regular old Democrats, and I'm not too fond about the, the, the ones on the left. Matter of fact, I don't like them. They haven't shown me enough for me to like them. I, I, I hate that excuse. You have, you have people come on here. I'm, I'm not too fond of the Republicans or the Democrats and the ones on the left. And You're lying, dude. When election time comes up, he's going to go vote for a Democrat. <laughs> you all do it. You all do it. You all sit here and try to act like you're so politically neutral. But then you'll turn. But soon as soon as the, the general election or the midterms come up, you're going to be the first one out there voting for these damn Democrats and their stupid policies to the tune of like 80, 85% or whatever the damn number is. So stop with the political, you're, you're politically neutral. No, you're not. You just say that because it's cool to say because nobody likes to, nobody wants to admit that, oh, I'm, I'm full-blown left-wing, right-wing. Black folks don't want to admit that, but their voting preferences and what they support politically Says the up says the complete opposite. That's that's what's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying they work for me. I don't sambo for them. Oh Jesus! But when you got all of these tried, I've heard it from dumb white supremacists before, and now you're just being, you know, this is basically CRT white supremacy and cruise control because you're gonna do their work for them. So that's what Samboin is. And they're saying, well, we're coons. You saying, look, gee, you might, everybody might like to put on the raccoon and, and jigaboo a little bit, but a coon is just somebody who has an overvalued sense of self to the point where they're just happy, entertained, and acting a fool. They're childish. A coon is childish. What? A Sambo is worse than a this, this is why, listen, this is why I told you guys, coon means nothing. That's why it doesn't offend me when people say it. Everybody has a definition of coon. There is no solid one standard definition. It's just whatever you think it means. I like peanut butter. You like jelly. 
if you don't like peanut butter, you know, if you don't like peanut butter and I do, I'm a coon. Like it's it's really on some simple crap like that. It's what it means, whatever it wants to, it means whatever to whoever at any time. That's why I don't take offense to it. We will say coon because I know they're just saying it because they disagree with something I said. It's not like they can prove, like, oh, gee, you out here, uh, caper for the white folks like like i'm out here in my real life going around here all right white people i'm gonna just do whatever i can to educate white folks and do all this that and the third they, they can't they can't prove any of that because it doesn't happen they just don't like a talking point or a perspective well you cooning you sandboying for the white man why well, i'm sandboying for the white man because or i'm cooning because I'm telling you to create your own business. I'm telling you to get skilled up so you can make as much money as humanly possible. I'm telling you to avoid getting a criminal conviction on your record so you can keep as many doors open as humanly possible. I'm telling you to avoid becoming a baby mama or a baby daddy so you can avoid dealing with child support and having your money sucked up out of your account and all the crap these niggas on YouTube cry about that got baby mamas. I'm telling you to graduate high school, know how to read, write, and do math so you can function at a basic level. Like, how is any of that cooning? How is it cooning to tell somebody to know how to read, write, and do math? How is it cooning to tell somebody to not become a baby mama or a baby daddy? Make proper sexual decisions. How is it cooning to tell people to consciously uh, avoid doing stuff to go to jail. How is it cooning to tell people to learn a skill that will put money in your pocket so you can feed yourself? How is any of that cooning? How is it Samboing? Or any or any pejorative you want to how is it any of that? But it is according to people like this. It's cooning, it's samboing, it's tap dancing, it's bootlicking. It's telling you to recognize what day you live in, what time you live in, and what all the tools that are available to you so you can make the most out of your life. It's that a, please, please, Mr. White Man, please, we need them reparations check. Holy shit, man. Money, they got leverage. Like Jim Clyburn is an example of the democratic center. An example of a leftist sambo. An example of Brianna Joy Gray. <laughs> so you got you got different flavors of sambo. Usually a tune is just one flavor. They might have come from different ideologies, but for whatever reason they don't have a good sense of self so they can just act a fool that's entertainment all right listen here's the official definition of a coon the official and listen yeah i need to figure out how to get this put into the urban dictionary this is this is the true definition of a coon slash sambo slash whatever it's just simply a person who doesn't agree with woe is me philosophy that's literally it that's the most simplest explanation a black person 
who does not agree with woe is me philosophy. White people call black people coons and sambos today, y'all, and Uncle Toms. Why do they call them that? Because they don't agree. These black folks don't agree with woe is me philosophy. That's the, that's the simplest definition for a coon, sambo, Uncle Tom, whatever name you want to come up with. You don't agree with woe is me philosophy. That's it. That is literally it. If you, you say you're definite. No, 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 no. What'd you say? My, your definition of no, no. In your world, in your worldview, I would be the coon, and you wouldn't, because listen, a coon is a person who does not believe in woe is me philosophy. You believe in woe is me philosophy. Forty-two tribes, you believe in this crap. You believe in it. And like I told you earlier, your 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 dumb decisions early in life that you appear to have overcome, good for you, but they put you on this path. I, I can I can understand a coon more than a sambo. Oh Jesus! So when he says I'm cooning, oh, okay, maybe you are cooning a little bit, but I don't think your audience or your mods are really un understanding what I mean. <laughs> and I didn't call y'all coons. Y'all called yourself coons. I call. I said there was some sambo energy because I'm seeing a lot of Republicans. What's the difference, man? <laughs> and one of the main ways I saw it is somebody was talking about like, well, what about all them failed states in Africa? I'm like, hold on a second. Are we magical Negroes? Or are we descendants from failed states? Why, why, what does Africa have to do with this? And I, and like, this is one, another area where I got to pat myself on my back is I'm like, I can say, look, I like African food. I think the Daishiki is, is the best shirt ever made. I'm Hotepish, if you, if you want to go there. Matter of fact, I should have some videos uh, challenging this debunk history dude on ancient Egypt. Stay tuned and subscribe. But, but, let me say, with all that, the food, all of that, I'm not African. And we ain't talking about African business. We talking about a reparation in America. You know, so which one is it? And that's why I was saying there's some sandboard energy. You know, there was another reason, too. There was another reason. There was something else I wanted to bring up. Because, man, I'd have to look at the comments. Because huh? <laughs> there was something else. That, uh, that came from his, um, I don't know, maybe it came from him. I mean, because, yeah, you, you, like you talk about reparations, you're going to get lazy, shamed, then they're going to try to deny the racial wealth gap. And I'm like, you know, the raw numbers, especially when you look at liquid wealth, because liquid wealth is, um, is money that you can turn into money faster, like a car, uh, some gems, jewels, and all that. When you look at liquid wealth, the wealth gap is to the point where it can't help but to be a caste system. And anybody, like if you see some black people that got some money, 
you're looking at unicorns in context. You're like, well, there's hundreds of thousands, man. There, there's maybe about 150,000 black people in this country. I don't know how it shakes out when you when you take out flat blackness and all that, but there's maybe 150,000 that 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 can walk outside hilltop, you know, with a little bit of strength. But for the most part, we don't have it like that. Man. And why don't and look, I don't disagree with you on that point. There probably are about 100,000 or so black folks who are rich and just well off like that. Probably is. I, I don't know what the actual number is. I couldn't tell you. But what, why is it Why is it the rest of black folks ain't like that? Is it because the white man is holding their pockets down? Is it because uh, Jim Crow slavery? Is, is that the reason? Or is it, uh-oh, we got to go to our favorite thing over here, y'all. I know what I'm about to pull up. Hold up. Where's our, where's our little diagram? Oh, here we go, right here. Is it because of this right here? All right, so this is uh, black kids in high school. They do an average of about 30 minutes of homework a day. Whites and Hispanics are pushing an hour. Black kids, half an hour. Asians are pushing two hours, right? It, it, could this not be a major factor and why only a small number of black folks are considered a quote-unquote elite, meaning they're, you know, they're rich or they're extremely financially well-off. And the majority of black folks, according to you, aren't like that. I wonder if this has anything to do with it right here. I wonder if any of this has anything to do with it. Because we all ain't going to be basketball players. We're all not going to be rappers and actors and singers, right? That, that's not going to be the reality for most people. But we all have an opportunity to learn how to read, write, and do math and go to tech school, go to college, start a business and do something, right? I wonder if this plays a significant factor in any of this as to why so many black folks aren't higher up on the social economic totem pole. I wonder. And that's why I said that's not enough to fill up black neighborhoods. You know, especially when you've been scattered all kinds of, of, of terrorism and stuff. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Who is scattering you now? Yeah, we had redlining back in the day where black folks were prohibited from uh, buying properties in certain areas. How many of you Negroes are experiencing redlining right now? When last time, when last time y'all know somebody experienced some redlining? For those of y'all who can afford houses or whatever, you pretty much, wherever, listen, wherever, how much your money is going to dictate where you can and can't live. That's it. That's how it works today. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't nobody gonna be redlining crap. They got specific laws against that crap, where people can actually go to jail over that crap. You can do, you can, you can go wherever you want. Ain't nobody scattering you. 
You can go wherever you want today. So as long as you can afford to go there. That's how this works, man. That's why I keep saying, stop pretending like you're living in 1922. Black college grads have less wealth than white high school dropouts. So that's iffy. Well, let's, why, why do black college grads have less wealth? What do most, <laughs> first off, when you talk about black college grads, you're probably talking about black women because there's more black women that graduate college than black men. But fine, we'll just, we'll just include black men into this equation. Most people have less wealth because they are, they are being saddled with college debt. A lot of these students go to college and major in degrees that they don't work in when they graduate from college. Like, did you know that most most college graduates do not work in the profession they went to school for? So most of them are carrying student debt from a degree that is essentially useless, that they, they don't work in the career field. So, of course, that's going to hinder one's ability to accumulate wealth. You take a high school, you take a person that drops out of high school like these white folks that y'all love to talk about. Well, the white, the white boy who drops out of high school, he ain't going to college. He ain't got no damn student debt. You can go get him a little job, make it 15, 20, 30 dollars an hour working at the at the store, at the auto mechanic shop or whatever. If he don't have, if he doesn't have fifty thousand to one hundred thousand dollars in college debt or whatever the damn number might be, well, of course he's going to be able to uh, theoretically accumulate more wealth because he doesn't have the debt. All these college grads have debt, man. They're not all going to school. They all didn't go to school on scholarship like I did or some sports scholarship or something. A lot of them major in degrees that when they graduate, they're not working in the career field that's paying them money to where they can pay that debt off. I know niggas that are still paying student debt from Tuskegee, and we went there 20 years ago. They still 20 years paying on loans from Tuskegee. You can't accumulate debt uh, wealth like that when you have these major loans out here like that. I mean, uh, major debt out here like that. By that logic, white college grads should have less wealth. They do. They go through the same crap. You think all white folks is balling out of here, out of control? Dude, there's a shit ton of white folks who are going through the same thing where they are working in career fields that they don't, they don't have a degree in. I run into them all the time. And they got a bunch of student debt. But you're of the mindset that all white people are rich or they all come from well-to-do families. That's what a lot of y'all think. There's a lot of broke-ass white folks out there that are doing worse than you. But a lot of them are going through the same crap. White college grads have more wealth than high school. You can't even prove that. Prove that. Do a video proving that. A lot of white college graduates have just as much debt as black college graduates and are struggling. To where you take a white kid who dropped out of high school, they are quote, uh, theoretically financially better off because they don't have that debt. That's how a lot of these people are. Man, I'm telling you, you gotta y'all niggas don't live in the real world. Y'all live in these, these binaries of 
black and white, on and off. Like, man, there's a whole lot of gray areas out there. Y'all just think all white folks come from rich white families and they all go to these elite Ivy League schools. No, the hell they don't. There's a crap ton of white folks taking out student loans galore. Look, listen, I can listen. When I was at Tuskegee University, we had a we well, they still have, but they got a vet, they got a vet program, a veterinarian program out there. You know, a lot of white people went to Tuskegee to go to the vet program. One, it was a great program, but also they were giving scholarships to white students to go to Tuskegee. Because for whatever reason, these white folks couldn't qualify for a scholarship or whatever at their school. So they were, we, we had white kickers that played for the football team out there on full scholarships and shit because they couldn't get money because they didn't have money or the means to go to a, a, a higher level school. And there's a lot of white folks that are broke as hell that are in the same financial straits as, as, as black folks. But y'all have been conditioned to think all white people are rich. They're all, no, it's a ton of white folks out there with college degrees that are working at Walmart ringing up your damn groceries. And they got student debt out the ass too. Why do you think all these white folks are so such in favor of Joe Biden eliminating uh, student debt? Why, why do you think that is? They're the main ones out there talking about they're mad Joe Biden isn't eradicating student debt. It's a bunch of white folks because they're struggling too. talking about reparations. Nation of Islam and they weren't too serious about it. Uh, the Black Panthers had it on their agenda, but it was in the midst of a whole bunch of other things. We haven't come out and said, hey, look, reparations are fuck your mom. We've never done that until 2018. And it shook the world. How did it shake the world? What shook? I, I don't understand that. Reparations now, F your mama shook the world. What shook? What what changed between it's been four years? So you said 2018, I think. What changed? What shook the world? White folks ain't move one step to the left or to the right. I don't know if y'all hear my, my, my lawn guys out here cutting grass. I don't know if y'all can hear it. But what changed? We haven't gotten one step closer to even getting a reparations study. <laughs> you know, the same study they've been talking about since forever. You're, you're, this reparations conversation is still in the same place it was 50 years ago. I don't know what shook the world other than there were just more videos being made about the subject because it was a popular subject to talk about. But then it kind of faded away a little bit. Like, who really talks about reparations in that, that to that degree? 
You don't see politicians. You, you'll see the occasional video of somebody running up on a politician about what you do you support reparations, Senator such and such? And then I'll be like, uh, and they'll give you a little tap dance, song and dance, and try to avoid the question. But other than that, it didn't change anything, man. You're still in the same position. You could have you could have started a business four years ago and, and probably made your first hundred thousand dollars. It would have given us four more years of Trump, but he lied about COVID and lost a lot of the white male. What? What are you talking about? I want to get. All right, I don't even know how. You, all right, whatever. Look, Trump was trying to give you niggas half a billion dollars or whatever. He, or whatever he said. The platinum plan. <laughs> y'all voted him out because y'all didn't like his tweets. I never said you couldn't do it for black folks. I never said that. I said good luck on trying to convince a bunch of black uh, a bunch of people to support uh, passing reparations. I said good luck on that. I didn't say it couldn't be done. I just said good luck on trying to convince everybody else to get on board. Goes at like six. All right. Why is that? Why? Why? Why is it we only got so many top ten black neighborhoods of excellence? You know, like everybody talks about uh, Prince George's County in Maryland, or, or what's that one out in Los, uh, Los Angeles? Uh, they say it's the Black Beverly Hills. What do you call it? Baldwin Heights or Baldwin Hills or something like that? Like. Why we only got so many of them in them neighborhoods? Why? Let me tell you why. It's because of this right here. This is why. <laughs> this is why. This right here impacts you for the rest of your life. For most people. This right here. You not taking school serious to at least learn how to read, write, and do math at a functioning level. Because, look, I know you keep saying, well, you keep saying that. All right, well, we, let me prove it to you, man. And like, I'm not just saying it's just to say this stuff. Like, this, is, this is a real problem, bro. I did a video about this. Hold on. I'm not going to play the video, but let me see. Find it. All right. Let me make my screen bigger. This is a real problem, dude. Where did the damn thing go? 
All right. Baltimore City Schools, 41% of high school students have a 1.0 GPA. You go watch that video on your own free will and accord. And in that video, you're going to hear this story about this woman, this mother, who represents literally thousands and tens of thousands of mom, black, uh, uh, black mamas in the community. Her son got demoted from the 12th grade to the 9th grade. And he had a GPA of like one point something. And his GPA put him in the middle of his class, y'all, which tells you how low the GPAs were for that school. But the mama gets on there, blank on the news, blaming the system, the white man, the system, all this crap. Except for her damn self and, and, and that child's father, if he was around, for why her son was 17 years old getting sent back to the ninth grade because he couldn't read, write, and do math and all that other crap. All right? So you factor that in with your talks about with this right here where it says black kids only do like 30 minutes of school. And then you factor that in with your conversations about how um, about what you said about how um, how come there aren't so many prestigious black communities or something like that? It's because in the community we have a culture that doesn't appreciate doing homework. We'll, we'll, we'll invest all our time and money to try to make our turn our kids into sports stars, football players and basketball players. We'll, these kids will grow up and invest all their time and energy into trying to become the next Drake or mumble rapper out there or social media TikTok star. But the data says niggas ain't really out here studying and learning what they supposed to be studying and learning so they can become functional adults in society. California has like 51%. What was it like? I can't, this is a high state. It's probably higher than 51%. They say out of all the black kids in California that graduate high school, they say like shit, like 60, 70% of them can't even read and write. You go to, you go to states like um, Oregon, governor Kate Brown. I did a video talking about that. She out there passing laws, basically uh, lowering the standards to graduate high school. Like lowering the standards to where basically you could just pretty much sign an X on a piece of paper and you're good to go. This is how this works. This is how you get to your point about how come there's only five or six communities of, of, of affluent black people that people always name. Is because we have a culture that doesn't appreciate and value education and putting in hard work outside of sports and entertainment, going into industries and 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 yeah, industries in general that can provide that upward mobility. Or we don't have a culture that shames people for becoming baby mamas and baby daddies, or shames people for getting criminal records, which Y'all all cry about the prison, the, the school to prison pipeline, 
excuse me, and all this crap. Michelle Alexander out here writing books, talking about the new Jim Crow. What happens to you if you become a convicted criminal in America? How much harder it is for your life to, how much more energy you got to put towards getting your life back on track. Like I said before, we got countless books, documentaries, studies, all this crap. But niggas will still go out there and do stupid crap and then complain about the results later on. That's why you don't have an, an overabundance of affluent black communities everywhere you look. What you do have is an overabundance of black communities full of niggas that don't give a fuck about shit, which is why Negroes with common sense like myself, we don't want to live around that crap. It's because you want to be around white. I don't want to live around broke white people either. Well, it's because you don't, you, you a coon. Well, if, 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 if me living in a quiet, nice neighborhood where I can maintain decent property values, if that makes me a coon, then nigga, sign me up. Give me the coon ears, the little coon raccoon mask over my eyes and give me some tap dance shoes and I will shuck and jive for you niggas. Because I'm going I'm gonna to live my best life. You ain't going to shame me to, to, to living around ignorance and dysfunction just for the sake of keeping it real. Fuck that. I'm going to keep it real all the way the fuck out here with these white folks in this gated community where we got Mexicans cutting our grass so we can have high property values and I can go to sleep listening to the sounds of crickets. That's how, that's how G. Dizzle keeps it real. I keeps it real nice and quiet and real comfy. <laughs> I ain't got time to be doing this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to keep it real. Please, fuck out of here with that. And if I can find more like-minded black folks, maybe we can create these affluent black communities but right now the culture says we ain't with that we we, we with the turn up we with the ignorance we with we with watching little 14 year old kids take take uh street cones and beat old men over the head and kill them like they did that one black older guy that's what they with we with niggas getting shot up robbing stuff and Baby mama's all over the place. Fuck nigga free and all this, all this bullshit. We with all that. That's what the culture with. G Dizzle ain't with that fuck shit. I don't want my kids with that. Because all that is going to produce a bunch of woe is me's later on in the future. All these little teeny boppers and 20-something-year-olds, once they done with they fuck nigga free and hot girl summer life and they don't hit the wall and they don't, they don't age out of the club and become the old niggas at the club. All these young niggas, they're going to be the next generation of woe is me, y'all. Y'all do realize this, right? Y'all are looking at the next generation of woe is me's. They just haven't become it yet. When they can't go to the club and stun on niggas and they become the old niggas at the club, they become the used and abused baby mamas who hit the wall and they never managed to get a ball player or a rapper. They're going to be online in about 15 years talking this woe is me pro-black shit. The white man holding me down shit. That's what's coming. Because they didn't want because when they were young, they didn't want to do the things they were supposed to do. They set themselves up for a good life. 
put the necessary work in. Most a lot of men they want to do it. They too busy out here cursing the police out. Got little five, got little three year old babies out there and die in their little Scooby Doo underwears cursing the police out. They too busy out here doing that. They too busy hopping out of hopping out of cars with ski masks on and they're getting shot like a hundred damn times. They too busy doing that. They too busy going up into the convenience store trying to rob people or intimidate the store owner and then getting their neck sliced and bleeding out over a bag of potato chips or some bullshit. They too busy doing that. That's why you don't have a bunch of affluent black communities. Since I've been alive, I've seen things become a lot more popular. I mean, gay marriage, Obama sold that. And there was one point gay marriage was in the teens. It's in like last, I looked this in the 70s, as far as people believe that gays should be able to get married. It's in the 70s. Um, marijuana. Man, they talked down marijuana to the point where marijuana was less popular than gay marriage. Now it's more popular than gay marriage. I saw that most people think marijuana should be legal. You you engineer something by arguing it up as an advocate. Not by speaking for white people. Because when I talk to white people and I break it down like I just did, and I, I challenge these arguments like I just did, they start talking about <coughs> Okay. And I, I think, like, even white conservatives, they almost look at, look at it like, okay, yeah, okay, it wouldn't cost that much money. Maybe we can use that as a, like, as a last-ditch thing. Because right now, we're doing too well shitting on you niggas. So CRT, get away from me with the CRT stuff, and then they run away. But in the back of their mind, the gears are churning. Um, I actually have a harder time with... Uh, like the heel type of, of, of fake liberal and all that. So that's it. Because I wanted to mention how this a lot of this becomes, um, it, it can become more popular if you aren't running like this cultish black conservative thing where, what, what did white daddy say? I need to say I'm both for him, so I'm going to say it too. <laughs> that's what you're getting. And I'm glad that some people are breaking out of it. Like, uh, what's the old boy? Let me see. What's that dude's name? I just listened to his video. It's probably in my history. He's breaking out of it. And you can break out of it and still be conservative. I mean, I got some conservative beliefs. I'm not tripping off of, of Roe v. Wade. The amazing Lucas, he's breaking out of that. In like the last thing he said in his video about Matt Walsh and Maj Teray was he said, look, Republicans don't want the black vote. Very true. They might look at what I'm saying as, uh, okay, this is one way we can definitely own the, own the Democrats because it was them that were really pushing repu uh, reparations. It was them. And when I talked about how they were pushing reparations, have you ever, here's the irony, this is something I just realized. You know, the NFL's played on 30 fields because it's 32 teams, two teams share a field with another team. It's like both the New York teams and the California teams in the South, the Rams and the uh, Chargers, right? And I say both the New York teams. It's the Jets and the Giants, but you also have Buffalo. I can get Buffalo. I can have another New York team. I don't know. But anyhow, 30 
football fields is 40 acres. Every black family would have had enough land to host the entire NFL season. Every black family. Gosh, Jesus Christ. It didn't happen, bro. They didn't give black folks the 40 acres. It didn't happen. So what are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? I'll sit around here and come up with all these reasons and excuses. Put all your time and energy into that. Try to convince all these white, because you just said you out here talking to white folks. And the gears are turning in their head. You out here talking to white folks, trying to get them to consider re- reparations. Or could you be out there talking to white folks trying to figure out how they can put money in your pocket because you're selling them a product or a service? Like, Which one is more beneficial right now? I think it's more beneficial for you to come up with a product or service or something and get them white folks to put money in your pocket than trying to convince them to believe in reparations. Like I just don't, I just don't understand this man in this day and age. I just don't get it. This is what I'm talking about, man. So, if you can't make a, a, a reparations argument because you rather Sambo was tired juvenile um, Republican talking points like like I say once again you're quote unquote samboing for tired juvenile liberal talking I mean why do y'all think that that same logic cannot be applied to y'all the country do the time do the time and the motherfucker had a medical prescription 7.7 grams you do not see any country that's talking about nine years on some drug smuggling. She better have something in her coochie, and it's better be hard drugs, and it's better be a lot of it. not a goddamn vape. Like this is failed state right. stuff. We're going over this. We already went over this. We already talked about. You're looking at things from an American perspective, and that, and and, and it appears you are failing to realize that these are Russians, not Americans. They're looking at things from the Russian perspective. It's kind of like, um, what's that little, oh, never mind. It's still what they will sample for. So I challenge you, have some reparation folks on next time and have a real discussion. Look. Like in, some, in one way, I think they're ignorant and I kind of get it when it comes to modern monetary theory. <laughs> but it makes sense that was actually my favorite line in this whole thing you said you think I'm ignorant when it comes to modern monetary theory out of this entire 29 minute video that was actually my favorite line you said in this entire video you think I'm ignorant when it comes to modern monetary theory and here's what I'll say to that I might agree with you but I'm not ignorant to modern monetary application. You see, I don't live. Yeah, I might be ignorant on the theoretical stuff. 
where I know all the research papers. I know all the lecturers out there. I know all the top talking heads. I don't study all their books and writings. I might be ignorant on that, but I'm not ignorant on the application side of things. You understand where I can produce money. I know how to create a product and sell it based off of what I'm good at. And it actually make me some money and keeps growing. And I'm not just talking about what I do professionally from a job. I'm talking about what I've done on my own. So, yeah, I might be ignorant on the theoretical and you appear to be an expert on the theoretical. But it appears you're ignorant on the practical application. Because it doesn't seem like you've it doesn't seem like you figured out how to take all this wonderful knowledge and put it into action somehow, some way, so you can get the, the needle moved. Because you're focused on the theoretical application of money and all this other crap, but you're sitting in the exact same spot as niggas were sitting in 50 years ago that were talking about reparations. Don't matter how effective their message was, whether it was just the Panthers or the Nation of Islam, and they was only talking to a few people, and Yvette Carnell, Tone Talks, and everybody else, we are here talking to all hundreds of thousands of people. Don't matter. You're still sitting in the exact same spot them niggas from 50 years ago were sitting in that were talking about it. The theoretical. Now imagine if them niggas from 50 years ago all the way up to the present day decided, hey, we're going to have a couple of you Negroes talk about this theoretical stuff. Yeah, Vet Carnells and your tone talks. Y'all go out there and do that. We're gonna have about 10 of y'all niggas go out there and talk that stuff. The rest of you 90 niggas, we finna get you niggas skilled up and trained in, in something. So you can be competitive in society and make money and start businesses so you can possibly employ other black folks. So we can create our own goddamn quote unquote reparations until the greater society decides to get right and give us our just dues. See, I'm in that, that one group of people where I can train people, get them skilled up, get them to cross the damn six-figure threshold, make money, create upward mobility, get some cracking in their life so that they can create opportunities for themselves, their families, and other people and try to help people out. Because I got a skill. I've been working on for 20 goddamn years. And I've, and I've finally decided within the last two years to share my vast knowledge with other people, which is tech. You're still stuck on the theoretical talking points, the speeches, the research papers, the stats, the statistics. But you're still stuck in the same spot. Niggas from 50 years ago were stuck in. You ain't moved one step forward. So yeah, I might be ignorant, according to you, on the monetary theory, but I'm far from ignorant on the application of the monetary theory. Myself, Sub-Zero, who was in the chat, I don't know if he's still here, 
other people, we can actually help black folks put money in their pocket to create opportunities where they can hopefully reach back and help other people. So you can create these affluent black communities and begin the process of closing the racial wealth gap by taking advantage of all that the 21st century has to offer in terms of technology, access to information, and all that crap. That is applying this stuff. You're still reading books and studying. And you know why you're doing it? It's because you set this whole process up 10, 15, 20 years ago when you was a youngin, making stupid mistakes that you have admitted to in my chat today. You admitted you became a baby father. You admitted you went out there and did some stupid crap, broke the law, and got arrested, which closed doors and opportunities for you or made things slightly harder, which caused you to struggle. You admitted this stuff. While you were doing that, G. Dizzle was learning skills, avoiding becoming a baby father, avoiding jail, preparing for his life 20 years down the road when I turned 42. So I don't have to be on the internet talking about the theoretical and I can come on the internet and teach you the practical application. So in the event that reparations doesn't get cut for you, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, at least you will have learned a skill from me or somebody else that you can go apply at the speed of right now to put yourself in a position to make six figures or more, which will create opportunities for you to allow for you to move to places or link up with like-minded people where you can create more opportunities. It's like I was telling you the story about that dude I met at the AI conference, even though he was a pro-black this dude went to Duke University. Used to graduate from Duke. He ended up working in cybersecurity at Duke where he ran their damn website platform. I don't know what the hell. He did some crazy stuff up there. We sit next to each other in the AI plat uh, conference. Guarantee he, he ain't got no kids. He ain't got no criminal record. He just a, he's a pro-black on some woe was me crap, but he at least can apply himself. And go out there and get it popping in a realistic manner. And I, I got to respect it. That's the problem with so many of you, you Negroes who look, want to who, who wait for reparations. Reparations is your, your, your end all be all. Because a lot of you created issues early on in life that closed doors on you. You just fall into this never-ending trap of woe is me, the white man. They just need to cut the check. Man, you, by the time... All right, I'm, I'm starting to repeat myself now. Anyways, that was 42 Tribes. He's in the chat. Y'all go sub this channel if y'all want. 
I'm getting hungry. I would. That's my issue too. I wish it wasn't so broken to the point where it's the only solution to the break the cast. I don't believe it's a cast. I believe it's more of a see when you say cast, I'm thinking you're talking a racial cast as opposed to just a strictly a socioeconomic cast. There's a lot of broke ass white folks out there that I'm doing a hundred times better than, and I'm pretty sure you're doing better than. It all comes down to a lot of decisions. There are no laws on the books where people can openly practice racism towards you, systemic racism towards you. You ain't going to be able to change the random white hillbilly that want to call you the N-word. But guess what? The random white hillbilly, he can't stop you from doing nothing. We don't live in that world anymore in this country where they can openly get away with being prejudice or racist towards you in, 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 a, in a systemic way. But they got laws, rules, and regulations on the books. We don't live in that world anymore, man. Well, they can openly do that crap. You live in a world now where if you don't want to fuck with these people, you can go out there and create something on your own. It might not be as big and, and glamorous coming out the door, but shit, you can still do it. You got access to the information, the knowledge, and the technology. It's just about, are you going to apply it? Are you just going to be stuck on this theoretical crap all day? Because this theoretical crap ain't moving the needle. You niggas are still stuck in the same position on this reparations talking point. Nobody has, nobody has created one damn bill yet. On a federal level. Nobody's done one study on a federal level. I'm just saying, man. I ain't opposed to it. I'm just like, get real, dude. Invest that time into something else. Get your onesies and twosies to go out there and preach the good message. But you, you should be learning something, creating something. Just, just, just to make yourself feel better as a man. That's what you should be doing. In my opinion, anyway, I'm about to go. I'm hungry. It's been two hours. <sighs> Yeah, my issue is reparations as the number one solution to the perceived problem. Yeah, that's not the that's this that's not the the number one solution. The number one solution is uh, doing what I tell y'all to do: read, learn how to read, write, do math. Don't become a baby mama, baby daddy. Don't go to jail and learn the skill. That's the number one solution to all your problems in life, right there. You figure out how to do that crap, you can do whatever the hell you want to do in America for the most part. That's the solution that everybody should be out here talking about and preaching and trying to instill into these, these youngins. But nope, we got a culture that does the complete opposite. 
Everybody's cool with being baby mamas and baby daddies. Everybody, you ain't a real nigga if you don't go to jail or kill somebody. Nobody, you know, nobody wants to, you know, you, you ain't cool if you speak proper English or you graduate high school. I mean, come on, the whole educated lame thing. Like we got, we literally have a culture that preaches the complete opposite of what it's, what, what you have to do to be successful in this country. And then you complain about the results and blame this shit on white people and white supremacy later on. Uh, there is no white person telling you that you can't read, write, and do math. Oh, they give us crappy books. Nigga, you don't even, niggas, kids don't even carry books to school anymore. They carry, my, my, matter of fact, my son, I think he's going to do this today. Um, he has to go to his school today and get his new laptop. They give kids laptops and iPads, man. They don't even give them books. And those of y'all who grew up with books like me, well, you got access to the internet. I mean, come on, man. I, I keep saying this. I, I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record till the day I die. This internet is, is so much more than just an entertainment piece, man. This shit literally can change lives. Social media combined with these smartphones and laptops and internet access. That's why, that's why, I, that's, that's why I say it's the greatest country. Go find another country that got it popping like this. Other countries be restricting the hell out of what you can and can't do, even with access to the internet. In a lot of places over here, as long as you ain't out there doing, you know, certain things, you, you can pretty much get it cracking out here. All right, I'm about to go. It's, I, it's, I'm hungry. My stomach is growling. Anyway, shout out to 42 Tribes, man. Y'all go sub to this dude. I just had to respond to that. Hopefully he, you know, he he don't sound like a bad dude. He just sound like he hasn't uh, fully embraced uh, the kun, the Kundalini side of life. <laughs> he, 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 I think he's still. I think he doesn't want to give up that coveted black card, y'all. And you know, in order for you to be black, you have to walk around with the with your Boy Scout badge of "Woe is me" on your chest. I've, I've long since stripped that badge off my chest and cut my black card up. That's why I'm so free to talk like how I talk. And to those who don't understand, it sounds like you're boot licking for white people. No, it's not. I talk greasy about white folks and they fuck shit too whenever I feel like it. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm just, I'm just not a fan of this, this bullshit in this day and age when I look at this technology and this information, I'm just like, nigga, you can be doing so much more. You can be doing so. Cause I mean, I see it happen now. I got my tech G channel, right? Y'all know my channel tech G go, go sub to it. I got a whole channel up there dedicated to educating people about information, technology, cybersecurity. I got four, four or five full blown certification courses posted. I'm, we're two and a half years into this channel. I do news stories, educating people, talking about all this crap. Y'all know the majority of my audience is like whites and Hispanics, uh, whites, Hispanics, and Asians. That's like the majority of my audience, man. I don't even really promote the black folks anymore because niggas ain't interested in it like that. I mean, you got the onesies and twosies, but I'm just saying the majority of the people that take advantage of that crap, they be like whites, Asians, and Hispanics, man. I'm cool. They pay me 
somehow, some way, and I take their money and make it do what it do. But I just can't stand when I hear black folks come around here and they'll, they'll, they'll present an excuse. But you got somebody out there like me or some other person. We got like, well, nigga, you do realize I could teach you how to make six figures. <laughs> like, and it can literally do it. You know what I'm saying? In, in, in the literal sense, train you up and have you, you know, on a path to making six figures, myself and some other people. And all this stuff is available right in front of your face. But other groups will take advantage of it. Then they'll be out there. They'll, they'll, they'll go out there, get their jobs. And then they'll come out there and gentrify your community. And then y'all start crying about gentrification. When in reality, if you could afford to live, gentrification only affects people who can't afford to live there. That's it. That's, that's the only people it affects. If you make enough money to live in an area, you're not going to care about gentrification. Matter of fact, the more money you make, the more inviting of gentrification you are because it's going to increase your property values. When the neighborhood starts looking nicer, property values go up. But niggas could have avoided all that beforehand. Like you go to you go to the hoods right now, all niggas got to do is just cut their grass and stop parking their cars on the goddamn grass. And guess what? Their property values will start going up just by doing that. Y'all y'all do realize this, right? That's how this works. If nigga, you know, in conjunction with you know niggas stop committing all these stupid ass crimes out there, but you go out there, you just do some basic cleaning up of the streets, spruce that shit up, pick the trash up, cut the grass. Don't have 50 damn cars parked in your driveway, looking like your car, looking like your driveway is a goddamn junkyard lot. You know what I'm saying? You do that and convince your neighbors in your neighborhood to do the same thing, your property values will eventually start going up. That's how this works. <laughs> it's simple stuff, man. It's not complicated. But this need to hang on to this black card and forever blame these white folks and then turn around and demand that the same white folks break you off a check by hitting them with the woe is me never ending speeches. But I'm like, is that really the best application of your time? You could be out there opening up a barbershop, cutting these heads, learning this tech, learn, you know, open up an auto mechanic shop, grocery, you know, doing something, man. And putting money in your pocket, and then using that money to help other help other black folks, employ them or whatever you know. If you want, if you want that stuff, but nobody want to do that because that's the stuff that requires real work. See, coming online, talking about reparations, putting up arguments that doesn't require any real physical work, other than you to listen to a couple videos, read a couple research papers, read a couple books here and there. You going out there to start a business, whether it's brick and mortar or online, that requires you to spend a lot of damn effort, time, and energy and money in real work. Like Tech G is an online business. But Tech G requires me to spend, I'm talking about hours each week. I probably put in almost as many hours working for my Tech G business than I, than I do at my job. Just writing material up, researching it, writing it up, editing it. You know, doing this, doing that, yada, yada, yada. That's a lot of work. And then I'm also trying to transition this to like a an offline thing where I got like an actual location. That's even way more work. 
That stuff requires work. And niggas don't like work. <laughs> work like that. You know what I mean? All right, anyway, that's my time. Y'all be safe. Shout out to everybody for some money in here. I got to go. Peace.